You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. I have not opened a show doing that for some time, but as we always do, we have Mike Sando on, now with The Athletic, good buddy of mine. Uh, Brian was not able to join us. The three of us couldn't coordinate, and that's mostly my fault because I'm moving out of the dorms here in Latrobe, headed home. My life will be a lot easier to regulate and get things settled down. But we wanted to get Mike on. And Mike, how are you? I'm doing well, and I'm on the. I'm not in a dorm, but I'm in Indianapolis mm-hmm. uh, for some Colts Browns joint practices. So I know what it's like to sort of be on the move. I'll be I'll be driving on, on to. a catch a flight you know tonight and I, and I was seems like I was just on the plane yesterday you got to remember where you're at you know yeah right I bet <laughs> I've driven back and forth from Pittsburgh to Latrobe a hundred times in this this month and I'm ready just to be home I'm sure you yeah. feel some of that yourself yes for sure um, let's go around the league a little bit with some of these contract situations I just want to get your take maybe what you're hearing and I think we have to start in Dallas and I recently wrote an article about and I'm not usually a fan of, hey, pay the running back, and we'll get to Melvin Gordon in a minute, but I, in the Zeke situation, considering his age, his importance to the offense, I think you pay him girly money, or at least in that neighborhood. But then we're also hearing all this Dak Prescott stuff that he wants $40 million, he's turning down $30 million. <laughs> I don't know what to believe in that, though. That just yeah, sounds yeah. like it's fiction. Yeah, yeah me too. I... I think we don't have enough information to um, know, hey, who wants that type of information out there? What's the real structure of what's being offered? What's the real structure of what uh, he wants? You know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just uh, I don't I don't like that either to, to use it as the basis to say, oh, Dak's crazy. He's insane for asking for that. I don't feel comfortable <laughs> doing that you right. know, because I, I don't really know the nature of those talks. And you do get people in these situations where somebody maybe wants to put something out there to, to make it look bad, you know, for Dak or look bad for the team. And, um, you know, I think we, we know what the situation is, right? I mean, he's a, he's a good starting quarterback who ideally you wouldn't pay like he's great, but that's, that's the negotiation because in the NFL, you can get paid like you're great, even when you're just good, uh, especially playing quarterback. I mean, to me, I mean, I, I assume he's a tier three or four guy on your guy and your tiers that are so good. Everyone should check those out. They're on the athletic now. Um, but I do think the arrow's pointing up considering his age. I also, you know, if I'm comparing it to, say, Kirk Cousins, I would invest more in Dak than I would Cousins. Yeah. I, yeah, he came in upper tier three. You know, I think he was 17th okay. overall. So. You know, I think he could have a better than that year uh, just with their team. Now, this is all tenuous with who knows what's going to happen with Zeke Elliott and all that. But I think if they have Cooper, Amari Cooper, and Zeke Elliott, um, he could have one of those years where where people next year would be saying, you know, maybe he's a two. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you and I would say, well, he's probably a three who can look like a two when everything's around, you know, going well around him. I just think it was looking better around him. Second half half of last year, thirteen touchdowns, three interceptions when Amari Cooper was on the field. So I, I think it could trend up for him, and and his value wouldn't go down, would it? No, I don't think so. Especially with the uh, probably the best center in the league returning, assuming he's still playing at a high level. 
I mean, we saw what that line did for Dak's rookie year. And I always look at some of these guys like Dak Prescott, in NFL terms, doesn't have a gajillion dollars in the bank like some of these other guys that are negotiating, like a Clowney or even a Zeke, you know. So if I'm him, I may take a million or two less because I don't have as much sitting around, you know, accruing interest. Oh, Plus, there's great value in being the starting quarterback for the Cowboys. He should try to be <laughs> right, that as right. long as he can. You know what I mean? Ask and Romo, Aikman, so, Staubach, you know, right. Yeah, it's a great situation. I mean, and I think he could do it for a long time, you know, especially uh, if, you know, you make those contracts work. It doesn't mean he has to take huge discounts, but, you know, he's going to be set for life either way. Right. I mean, I think the I think both those get done, and then Cooper eventually gets done, too. Maybe that's pie in the sky and harder to make happen, but that's an aggressive organization. I don't see Jerry just letting them walk. I, I agree with you. I think that they will. it will get done, and he's projecting that confidence. And you know, the thing you wonder in the back of your mind, I think, um, you know, in some cases players have been willing to bet on themselves, I think, more than we are accustomed to them doing that. You know, the, next, the, the extreme example is Le'Veon Bell. Whether he was betting him on himself or not, he was willing to miss like a year, you know. So I don't think Dak Prescott's going to do that as the quarterback of the team. I don't think Zeke Elliott will, but uh, back in my mind, I think we just know, you know, we, we know that there is a possibility it gets sideways. I'm just sort of with you that I think Jerry will have no problem paying Zeke Elliott. I think he thinks he's really valuable to the team. And then that can take care of itself. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. I feel the opposite about Gordon, though. I mean, I think. I don't know if you agree with me, but in terms of aggression and um, using resources to win, I think the Cowboys and Chargers are on opposite ends of the spectrum. I don't think Gordon's as valuable as Zeke because he's a little older and he's frankly not as good. And the offense goes through Zeke more than it goes through Gordon. So I don't know that Gordon gets rewarded like he wants. Well, it's funny. Visualize the stadiums for those two teams right. jerry world right <laughs> jerry world right I mean, jerry 32 world versus is, one yeah jerry jerry world is like one of those um five hundred thousand dollar motor homes that takes up half a city block you know and you could live in it it'd be better than your house if you and we've seen it. it at indy the the, the, yeah. the cowboys one yeah yeah and then the uh the charger stadium is like you know a pickup truck with some air mattresses in the back bed it might yeah. be like the chevette i learned to drive on yes. that was brown with brown interior that i called the turd yeah and the, you know the cash flow of the organizations could be somewhat reflective of that so <laughs> you know i think you just want look at the way the Chargers you do business, and I'm not saying that spending is makes you a good team. You know, the Cowboys sure. haven't exactly been. I mean, really, the Chargers probably have a good or better record. Uh, you know, uh, in recent years, similar record, um, but there's a big difference in how the teams throw around money. And um, if you're on the Chargers, if you're with the Chargers and you're on their coaching staff, you're you're hoping they'll sign that. Um, backup defensive lineman for a million and a half and they probably won't you know what i mean and if you're on the cowboys you're on that motorhome and i don't think the cowboys if they were drafted bosa instead of elliott would have been negotiating with his you know his rookie deal and holdouts and all that nonsense he would have been there in camp and he'd been playing week one yep so i'm with you too i think that uh gordon also seems to have uh yeah you know just the perception i have is that he's 
I don't know if dug in is the word, but you know he's going to be principled on this, and I think the team's going to be very uh, reluctant to do a, a girly type deal, especially in the same town where the girly deal doesn't look so great. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Uh, sticking in Texas, Alaska star player I want to talk about is Jadavian Clowney. Uh, you're reading more and more from what I think are good sources that he's probably going to get traded. He's currently under the franchise tag. Apparently, he vetoed a trade to the Dolphins, which I can't say I blame him. I don't know why Miami would give up a big resource for him at this stage of their development. But I'm just curious what you think happens here. I mean, if people think that he's Khalil Mack, you know, who he was drafted with, and will get that kind of compensation both in terms of draft picks and his inevitable contract, I don't think that's the case at all. Yeah. No, I think we've got to really just sort of see, I think it may take some time to just see how the Redskins situation with Trent Williams plays out. And, you know, there's, there's, um, you know, I think it was Adam Schefter reported the other day, Hey, the, you know, the Redskins are very uh, much, you know, resolute that they're not going to trade Williams, but they're, you always say that when you're trying to get a deal done. So would he, I just think the Texans need a tackle so bad that um, that's the one that just makes sense on the surface. Everyone's connecting those dots. Um, I like that. I mean, that. That makes yeah. perfect sense for Houston to me. Yeah. Beyond that, does it make as perfect sense for Washington though? You know, they've got a young quarterback. Uh, it only does, I suppose, if if they if Trent Williams can convince them he ain't playing for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, um, then it gets interesting. But I kind of believe him that he won't because it's medical and it's fed up with the organization. Right. And he's made his money. I think he's going to be principled. Uh, Agreed. I don't think he's just doing it for a buck. So the question is really, though, the question, though, independent of that is, um, you know, where does Clowney fit into that? Because if those things would all be true if Clowney wasn't even on the Texans because they would be a candidate to trade a pick or Mm -hmm. something, right? Right. So who does, you know, who does Clowney make the most sense for and and who's going to be able to pay that type of deal going into the season? And we're sort of back to where we were with Mack, right, when Khalil Mack was traded. And obviously Mack was higher value than Clowney. Right. But um, still, you know. I don't see a lot of suitors. Yeah, you don't see teams have sort of done their business. You know, you know what I mean? They, mm-hmm. They've done their, I mean, done your business. Your puppy does his business. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Teams have done their spending. Their, their rosters are pretty much close. So is there a team that, you know, when you think about the position that the Bears were in, they had a GM, you know, who uh, needed to win. And they had just got, you know, got the new head coach. And I know the GM had done a contract, but still he was, you know, he had a bad record for a few years and they really wanted to get it going and it worked. Is there a team like that um, for Clowney that just makes a ton of sense? And then, by the way, that team has to pay him. Right, right, right. Like, and so in return, if you're Houston and someone's offering you a fourth round pick or even a third, I'm just saying, I know you're not happy, Clowney, but... We want to win this year. Give us one year. You'll hit the open market. We won't tag you again. We'll get a comp pick in return. Let's try to win the South. Yep, I'd rather have him and do the comp pick because, as great as JJ Watt looked, you know, I mean, would anybody be shocked if he had an injury situation in October? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think long term, that's the that was always the question: is you know, are both those guys going to be healthy? And let's see if they are. You got to try to win this year in a competitive division that. Maybe easier to win if Andrew Luck's not going to be, you know, 100 percent healthy. Yeah, and you got to get after Luck if he is. So, yep, I would not be anxious to move him for you know, 80 cents on the dollar. 
Um, we will be right back uh, with two more quick segments. I want to talk about two of Mike's stops. Uh, he mentioned the Colts before. We'll come back with that in a moment. All right, so you are in Indy. Um, you've been hanging around the Colts now for a day or two, or how, yep. how long have you stayed in? I got in yesterday, so I saw the joint practice with the Browns, and I'll be uh, going to another joint practice um, this afternoon. And, cool. And so, yeah, it's kind of fun to have two teams in one place. Yeah, I have to bring up luck. I mean, I don't know that mm-hmm. you know any more than any of us. Just what's your hunch on this situation? Yeah. Well, I don't think the Colts are fully known because I really think, you know, every day something producing. new comes out. I know, and and I think you know Chris Ballard, their GM, is you know really a straight shooter. He's not like a guy who's sending out smoke, you know, for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, I think that they've been trying to figure it out themselves, and it's been confounding to them. And it doesn't make any it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, is he really that beat up from all those years? I suppose, but it's not like he's thirty seven, you know. No, he's, right. What is he thirty? You know, so. Uh, and it's Concerning? not like this, you know, it doesn't stem from having the bad shoulder. You know, it's not like back issues that all of a sudden other parts of your body start popping up. You know, it's weird. Yeah, so I kind of, I felt like this on luck. I felt like once he gets healthy, you know, now that they've got a line and a plan, um, he should be able to play for a long time and be fine. Now, getting the ball out quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, but the mystery injury, I mean, I... I I tend to think it's still going to be fine long term, um, and you're, he's not going to just continue to have weird mystery injuries pop up. But this is concerning, you know, going into the season when they don't seem to know enough to have a concrete plan for rehab, right? Yeah, and it's usually and right. Yeah, usually when you have an injury, you know what it is. Oh, it's a grade two sprain, um, so that means it's two to four weeks. I do X Y Z, and I'm back on the field, yeah, and I'm back in two to four weeks. That would be really nice for the Colts if they had that. But instead, it seems like, well, you know, we think it's uh, not the it's not the Achilles, but there is calf involved. But it's stemming from the ankle, and you're like, what? That's not even an injury. That's a right. condition. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, hmm, hmm. Yeah. If this is something that keeps lingering, and we're still talking about it at Halloween, you know, we're not quite sure what it is, or even near opening day. Then I'm worried, but I also, I'm leaning towards taking the Colts as my Super Bowl team in the AFC, and I'm a Brissett believer. I mean, as backups go, he might be my number one choice in the league, and with that line and that infrastructure that's now in place, I think they could live a week or two or so, and if luck also isn't that mobile, kind of like you said before, when him and Frank Reich were getting to know each other, it was, we don't know we have a good line. Let's get the ball out immediately, and they were successful. And then as the season went on, you know, he held it and fired the ball downfield more, and the protection was better. So I do think they can win with him hobbled or on the sidelines. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're going to, you can win a few games. Yeah, I, mean, I don't yeah. think you're wanting to go the distance and get into the playoffs. But I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious. There's so much better set up now that, like you said, they've been able to build the rest of their team up. They're, the coach is established. They know what they're doing. Um, I think they're a good, cohesive operation. So I'm with you that if they had to go now, they're going to play the first game of the year against Philip Rivers, right? And uh, it may even be on the road. Um, you know, that's probably a loss with Brissett, right? Probably. You know what I mean? They're certainly an underdog. So you play two, you know, you could 
you play two games with him, it could be the difference between 0 and 2 and 2 and 0. Even though Brissett is a good backup quarterback, you mm-hmm. know, depending on who you're playing. So, I think that's an important part of it early in the year. But I think that they're, I think that they're a really good team. So, um, you know, if are they the, have to play a few games with Brissett, I think that I think they're going to be competitive. Are the Browns a really good team? Uh, I don't know that yet because yeah. I think the team component of it is different than are they a good roster? And I think they are a good roster. I think it's a very but, good roster. Yeah, yeah, I think they're a very good roster that has to become a team. And uh, you know, I'm not convinced that this is going to all blow up or anything, but I think that still remains to be seen. And when you have totally unproven um, leadership at the head coach position too. Um, and you've got a lot of personalities on the team. And, yeah, everyone loves Baker Mayfield, young quarterback. But, you know, young quarterbacks could have a rough sophomore year. You know, anything could happen. In the NFL, it's always going to go bad at some point. Yeah. just It is. It you know, is. You're going right. to have a month where everyone thinks everyone should be fired and we should disband the team. And that's what I'm not sure they're – I think they're more vulnerable to not being able to pull out of that than some other teams just because of – those components of the coach and the newness and, and the personalities they brought in, but um, you got to like what they've got on the field. Yeah, yeah for sure. And, and I said the word infrastructure with the Colts. I don't know that there's an infrastructure with the Browns, especially oh. when I talk about even on the field. Like I wish they had a little bit better offensive line. I wish Zeitler was still there. You know. Yeah. Well, well, what's so interesting about seeing these two teams, even though they're both being put together by um, guys who work together, right? Dorsey and Ballard were right. together with the Chiefs. They've gone about things totally differently. I mean, the Colts have been all long range, all second uh, round meat picks. potatoes and <laughs> right. high, you know, high nutritional value um, of hey, you know what? We're going to build our lines. Uh, now they had luck to start out with already, sure. but but they have done everything sort of the measured way. And uh, Dorsey has come in for the Browns, and he's like. Uh, you know what? I could bet. I bet I could hit this three wood over that fence. You know, I'm gonna uh, that fence over there, 400 yards away. I'm gonna tee it up really high, and I'm gonna let it fly. You know what I mean? And it, and he's tortoise versus hare. Massive. He's hit some massive three woods. You know, oh yeah. Over. He carried the water. He's carried the water a few times, right? It's been awesome. But you always wonder is that a, is that a sustainable formula for scoring well in golf? You know what I mean? It's sort of they've been sort of John Daly against Tiger Woods, you know, and there's going to be some shots that John Daly hits that are unbelievable, way better than Tiger Woods sometimes back in the day. But at the end of the long run, you know, Tiger's going to have all the majors. And and it's not that extreme, but I think that's a contrast between how they've gone about it. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned Tortoise and the Hare. I mean, it's almost like the Colts are that... That older dude that's been playing a million years, he puts it in the fairway, never makes mistakes, good short game, par. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. And where the, the Browns could be all over the place. They could be in the woods before you know it, or they could be a hole in one. But significantly, you know, they've gotten a good, they've got a good quarterback. And they took mm-hmm. a quarterback that, uh, you know, in Baker Mayfield that it wasn't like everyone in the public was saying, oh, this is a slam dunk. This is the next luck. You know, they. They were on it, on him, and looks like they've got a really good one. So that that is a recipe for being competitive for a long time, even if some of the other stuff, um, you know, isn't quite as fundamentally sound or or traditional. Yeah, you're 100 right. And even in that draft, they took a lot of heat for taking Denzel Ward. You know, he's too little. You know, he doesn't. He's not Jalen Ramsey. Bradley Chubb was there. 
and he's working out all right too. I mean, you build around the passing game in today's NFL, it goes a long way. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know guys in personnel who are buddies with Dorsey, and they were like, uh, they were busting on him after that draft. But you took a five eleven quarterback and a five ten corner. I mean, come <laughs> right. on, you know, in the top four picks, in the top five picks, <laughs> right? <laughs> but they didn't necessarily think they were bad picks; they were just razzing him. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, another quick break, and then we're going to talk Panthers, where Mike was at earlier. All right, mentioned it before. We're going to talk Carolina Panthers, and this team's really growing on me. Like, I was asked on the radio, a team that people aren't thinking is a contender that might be a contender, I think it's the Panthers now. I think that Newton's turned the corner in terms of health. You'd know that better than me. I think their offensive line is drastically better. All of a sudden, they have versatile, explosive weapons, and McCaffrey now takes so much pressure off Newton. And then you look at their front seven, and it's got like 100 first-round picks on it. Yes. Um, I've been kind of up, you know, vacillated on them as well. And, you know, long-term, I've always kind of liked them. I just feel like Rivera's steady, and they they yeah. seem to develop players on the defensive side. And that, there were some questions about that. I think that happened a lot when McDermott was there, so I didn't know was he the driver um, of that. But just, you know, just the most important thing is that Cam Newton, I was – I was out. I was there for their joint practices with the Bills, and the first day I was there, Cam didn't practice. They were saving him for the joint practice. Second day he practiced, and he looked good. Um, and they feel comfortable. They feel confident in him. They think he's back and he's going to be okay. So That's if great. that happens, I mean, they were uh, they were a formidable team offensively. Um, at, so last year, I, I believe they were six and five. I think that's and, when they came here to Pittsburgh on the Thursday night. Yeah. And that was 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 that the game when Cam threw four picks? There was a, um, a game. I'm actually. Was, it was after that, I think. Yeah, it was. I think I think he played decently against Seattle. Maybe they were six and five, and then there was a four pick game, and that was that about he was toast at that mm-hmm. point. But but to that point, statistically, they were really a top ten offense. And the reason they were only six and five is because their defense and special teams have really fallen off. So to me, the whole key for their team. After Cam Newton's health, that's just assumed with every team you have right, to have right, quarterback sure. healthy. Um, to me, is can they get in the upper half of the league defensively? And I'm not 100 percent sure they can. I just know they can't be 25th, you know, 30th on defense. If they are, they're going to have a hard time being 500, even with Cam playing well. So what do you, what do you feel defensively? I, you know, I think nickel corner is kind of a concern for them. I mean, but but that's a great concern to have, right? I mean, what's much better than other things you could be concerned about what how confident are you they're going to be decent on defense and where do you, where where would you rank them do you put them in the upper third the middle third the bottom third middle third and yeah. i love that keekley still keekley thomas davis isn't there but thompson is fine i mean another first round pick and he moves like a first round pick i love the rotation up front you know i don't think that Burns and McCoy and all these guys have to play a lot of snaps. I think they can bring defensive packages across the front in waves. Um, they have more 3-4 outside linebacker types than a strict 4-3. So I think you'll see varied looks that we haven't seen as much in the past. So I love the front seven. I don't love the cover people. I mean, I think the safeties are very average. The secondary is probably bottom third. But I would say the front seven is top third. And I do trust Scheme. I trust Rivera. I trust Keekley yeah. to kind of keep it all 
maximizing what they can get out of those guys. Yeah, so if they're middle of the pack defensively and top 10 offensively, mm-hmm. then we're just saying don't be horrific on special teams. And there's some there's some concerns there. But, you know, maybe we're seeing them then as a team that's, what, wins between eight and nine, eight, nine games, eight, ten games? See, I, that I, that's how I used to think. And now I think they maybe are 10 and 6-ish. I mean, I, I think McCaffrey yeah. could be, you know, one of the best backs in the league. If Cam's the guy we saw pre-injury, I thought he was playing phenomenal. I really thought Turner was doing a great job of making Cam's throws easier. And I think Jalen Samuel, or not Samuel, uh, Curtis Samuel, I'm sorry, I'm sitting here in Pittsburgh, Jalen Samuel. DJ Moore and Samuel can be both breakout-type guys. Olsen's back. I kind of like Ian Thomas. But that line is so much better. Yeah, yep. I know they, you know, the, they, the line, to me, still has to prove it, I think, mm-hmm. you know, um, to feel great about it on the left side. But it's not just horrific. So, um, you know, I think that's good. I, I liked – there was another back I liked there in two, number 39, and they like him. Um, I forget his name, Bonif- Reggie Bonifant, maybe. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I'll look into him. Yeah, I don't know that he had a good – he looked good. Um, he looked good there. They're happy with him, so he's he's someone to watch out of that backfield. They could use someone to spell McCaffrey. He, he scares me a little bit from a workload standpoint. You know, is he going to be the same in Week Twelve? You know what I mean? Yep. No, I'm with you. But but he's actually, uh, you know, just talking to their people there. Um, they think he's better than ever, better than last year. He's wow. he's improved, and man, he's fun to watch. Ooh, yeah, I love I love watching him. He's there's they're scrimmaging the Bills, and it was like. You know, he got matched on a linebacker, and it was like, is the linebacker, he looked like he wasn't trying, but he was just getting, he just wasn't able to keep up. They have no chance against him. Pulling away, you know, he needed to have a have him on a fishing line and be reeling him in, because <laughs> McCaffrey was just jetting away from him. I thought he was the best receiver in his draft class, including wide receivers and tight ends. Yep. I mean, he's yep. that type of guy, and he's a good yep. back. I mean, I think he's going to be you know, uh, a special, special player if he isn't already. And that just makes Newton's life a lot easier. Yep. When you talk about, you know, hey, undervalue, you know, do you value your running backs? He's not a traditional running back. He's no, right. He's a he's a skill player. Do you think they're unhappy they used a top 10 pick on McCaffrey? No. <laughs> right. He's a great yeah. pick. Great pick. Yep, he's a great pick. Mike, you've been a great addition to the podcast. Thanks so much. Safe travels. I will talk to you next week. Okay, thanks. All right, man. Take care.